Welcome to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have real, honest, smart, and sometimes even hilarious conversations about co-parenting, separation, and divorce, and all that goes along with that. I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, Certified Life and Relationship Coach, and Happily Divorced Mom, who helps women decide if they should stay in or leave their marriages, and then guides them through the process one step at a time. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in. I so appreciate the time you spend with me. I know your time is precious and that you have a million things going on in your life and in your mind. So I just wanted to take a minute and tell you how much I appreciate you. I also appreciate your emails and your messages. I love hearing from you and I really love your suggestions for topics to cover. So keep them coming, please. And if you're getting a lot out of my podcast, and if you like it, I would be so grateful if you would take just a couple of minutes to rate it on iTunes. And if you want to leave a review, that'd be awesome too. Okay. So about a month ago, someone in a Facebook group I'm in mentioned that there was a three podcast series by another member in our group that had completely shifted everything in her life. Now, that's a really bold statement. So at first, I just kind of rolled my eyes and I started to scroll on by. But then I saw the title of the series, this three podcast series. And the title was Patriarchy Stress Disorder. And I got to tell you that the minute I read those words, everything shifted for me too. I didn't even know what they meant, but I knew exactly what they meant. Now, some of you listening, especially the women, may have felt your breath catch in your throat when you heard those words. Others may have thought, huh? So if that's the case, listen on. I'm actually going to let Dr. Valerie Baker, who is the woman who is responsible for identifying patriarchy stress disorder, I'm going to let her words speak for her. She is my guest today. And I'm going to read to you from her podcast show notes on the first episode in her series. So in the show notes, she says, my sister in success, you've been working so hard and achieved so much. And yet somehow you feel like you're failing. Failing at playing big, fully stepping into your power and manifesting unlimited financial abundance. Failing at creating a deeply fulfilling relationship. Failing at motherhood. Failing at reaching your goal weight, optimal physical health and mindset, mental and emotional freedom. Sometimes it feels like you're at war with your body and mind, at war with yourself, and you just can't win. Before you reach for another self-help book or enroll in one more personal development course, let me tell you that it's not your fault. There is a missing link to women's ultimate happiness and success that therapists, counselors, coaches, spiritual leaders, personal growth programs, and self-help books don't talk about. In my over 20,000 hours of practice as a therapist, I've seen this missing link at play in every woman, unrelenting yet unrecognized. With such overwhelming evidence, I realized that I had discovered a legitimate condition, an expression of the intergenerational trauma of thousands of years of oppression of women by the patriarchal culture imprinted in our minds, our bodies, our nervous systems, our DNA. A condition that deeply and profoundly affects our thoughts and emotions, choices and behaviors that hold us back from claiming our ultimate happiness and success. I named this condition Patriarchy Stress Disorder. Wow, right? So basically what Dr. Valerie is saying is that she's identified that living under the patriarchy which we all do, has created intergenerational trauma in each of us, men and women. Because patriarchy says that men can't have or feel or fully express emotions. They're called pussies or gay, or we don't see them as the strong providers we need them to be. We want men to show us their feelings and be vulnerable, but not too vulnerable because then we no longer want to have sex with them. So men are confused. Are they supposed to be vulnerable or not? 
And Lord knows they can't be vulnerable with each other because that's not allowed. And how many men do you know who don't have the type of friendships that they want and crave because it's not socially acceptable in our society? That's how the patriarchy is affecting men. This is what gives rise to toxic masculinity. This is not just about women. Men whose only outlet for their emotions is aggression and anger because when you've pent up softer feelings of love or pain or sadness or grief for so long that it can no longer be contained within the human spirit, it leaks out the edges as anger and yes, as violence. Recently, there was a shooting at my local Trader Joe's. You may have heard about it on the news. There was a hostage situation and a multi-hour standoff with police and hostage negotiators. The shooter had shot his grandmother and gone on a rampage and a chase throughout Los Angeles, which ended when he crashed into the Trader Joe's really near to me. But the story that resonated the most with me was that of a woman who'd seen been in tons of trauma therapy in her life, who became the shooter's point person inside the store. She was just a shopper, a local mom who happened to have an incredible capacity for empathy. At one point, she walked up to the shooter, put her hand on his heart and said to him, I know you're not a bad person. I know this isn't what you want. And do you know what the shooter did? This scary man with a gun? He wept. He said to her, I wish I'd met you years ago. I just needed someone to talk to. This is what patriarchy does to men. And what does it do to us, to women? We're hypervigilant. We look around every corner. We're in a constant state of alarm. We never rest. We never know that we're truly safe. As a single woman, I can tell you that dating in the patriarchy is exhausting. We're constantly maneuvering, feeling like prey, setting boundaries, being told to smile that what we're wearing isn't sexy enough or it's too sexy, that we asked for it. You name it. If you're a woman, you know what I'm talking about. You know this exhaustion. Or maybe you don't even feel it anymore. This is just what it is to be a woman today. And yes, it's getting worse. Yes, the current political climate has exacerbated all of this. You are not imagining it. In fact, I believe that the current political climate, as well as Dr. Valerie's work, is indicative of the tipping point that we are living in right now. Before massive shifts can happen, so much rises to the surface. This is what we're living through right now. I was speaking to my friend Charles the other night, and he said to me, it's funny because as a guy, I think that women possess all the power. And I think that's true once you remove the menace and the predatory behavior and the vague threatening stance. And I said, you're right. Women are terrifyingly powerful creatures, which is why men behave the way that they do towards us. They don't know what to do with that power, so they prey upon it and try to destroy it with force. And it's been going on for thousands of years. Now consider that we, you and I, are actually carrying the psychic trauma of those thousands of years within each of us. That's called intergenerational trauma. It's recently been scientifically proven that the children of Holocaust survivors carry the trauma of their parents. It's actually altered their DNA. There's a lot of research and writing about this around slavery and the intergenerational trauma carried by African Americans in the U.S. today, not to mention the re-traumatizing they suffer on a daily basis by living in this country today. So everything that you're feeling, every bit of exhaustion, if it all feels like so much, Dr. Valerie asserts that that's because it is, because we're all carrying thousands of years worth of it. Dr. Valerie calls this condition an invisible prison, and she's guided thousands of women's PSD, patriarchy stress disorder, jailbreaks. She helps high-achieving women who are sick and tired of sacrificing their health, sanity, and love lives to heal PSD so that they can finally marry their professional and personal success and happiness and fully enjoy it. 
I got to tell you that I had a jailbreak strategy session with Valerie just the other day, and I can't tell you how profound it was. And I am so excited to begin working with her more deeply on my own patriarchy stress disorder and my own intergenerational trauma that I so clearly carry. And I look forward to bringing you more of that information as it unfolds for me. But in the meantime, let me bring you Dr. Valerie Baker. Welcome, Valerie. I am so excited to have you on my show. Um, I I have to say, I th- I've, I've told you this before, but when I first heard about your work, I had a very visceral response to it. Um, and I, and my first thought was, I have to bring this to my audience. I have to bring this to my audience. So I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you for your visceral response. Uh, thank you for being, uh, just a terrific guest on my show, Her Success Radio. I'm so excited to be on yours. Thank you for bringing me and thank you for being a great leader when you discover something that excites you, bringing it uh, right to your people. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. So let's dive right in. And I, I, I would love for you to just define for us patriarchy stress disorder, what it means Let's start from the beginning. Yeah, thank you. What I mean by patriarchy stress disorder is trauma. It's the trauma of thousands of years of oppression of women in the patriarchal culture. And this is the trauma that we've all inherited in our DNA. So this is a big one to process. And now that we have scientific evidence that trauma alters DNA and is passed down intergenerationally, it's really hard to dance around it and pretend it's not there. And for most women I uh, introduce this work to, it's actually great relief to know that what she's been struggling with, those invisible inner um, glass ceilings, Uh, things that have been holding her back from her ultimate success and happiness. It has nothing to do with her. It's not about fixing her, improving her. And there's this shared condition that we all have that as long as as it's um, not in the conversation, we're stuck in this hamster wheel of self-improvement. But the truth is there is a deeper healing that needs to happen that will unlock these prison doors and things just become, we change the rules of the game. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you talk about the inner glass ceiling, right? That, that this isn't just the glass ceiling Mm -hmm. that we know about, which is um, a patriarchal structure. Yeah. Uh, But there, but that the way that we have absorbed and personalized and internalized the patriarchy has actually caused us to have these inner glass ceilings. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I actually call this patriarchy stress disorder PSD for short, the invisible in the prison, because the trauma, the actual trauma, and what I mean by trauma is anything that interrupts our wholeness, that Um, interrupts our organic, authentic self-expression and causes us to leave pieces of ourselves behind, sacrifice parts of ourselves, um, contort ourselves to conform, to stay safe because trauma creates these adaptations to keep us safe. And the adaptations or defenses, they're not authentic to who we are. So each time we're traumatized, we lose our authenticity. But we can reclaim it by healing trauma. But for the time being, to stay safe, we, we lose part of our power. And that's what creates that invisible barrier, invisible in the ceiling. And also that trauma, the experience of trauma teaches us that it's not safe. It's not safe out there. And it's not in our thinking. 
We can think however positive we want. We can master that mindset. But it's on the level of the nervous system that's set up to protect ourselves. It's very primal and it works very well. You better believe it. Uh, We live in the, you know, we evolved because we have been anxious and hypervigilant. We evolved to survive. And so because... Because of the trauma and our inner commitment to staying safe, that's what creates that invisible inner ceiling, glass ceiling or invisible prison. When I first saw your work, I first heard about your work or read about your work, like I said, I had this visceral response. And, uh, and it's interesting because you were just talking about uh, that, that sort of feeling, that knowingness, right? That where we know things and how we can heal. And I, I had this visceral response that, uh, and I, and I've said this to you before, I think that you have put a label on something that we, that most of us, at least every woman I know, every woman I'm friends with Mm -hmm. uh, has this experience and has this feeling and you just put a label on it that is to me, so deeply profound. Mm. Um, I can't, I can't even express it. I, I sort of was walking around in a daze for a couple of days. Mm. Um, I'm going to link what, you know, something that's really important. I think that everybody listened to is that, um, uh, Valerie has three, uh, podcast episodes about this. More now. (laughs) Okay. But there's the three, there's the the three main ones, right? The introductory ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't listened. I haven't gotten through all of them, but I've gotten through the three. Um, So there's these three introductory uh, podcast episodes that really define um, patriarchy stress disorder in a, in a, in a very uh, in depth and deep way. And I, was walking around in a daze for a couple of days after listening to them go processing and noticing and understanding. And, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on my podcast is that because I deal so much with women trying to decide whether to stay in or leave their marriages, Mm -hmm. I... I wanted to have this conversation because a big part of the conversation we often have is what's him, uh, what's you and what's just the function of the world that we live in today? Yeah. Uh, What is, what, you know, because if it's just culture and society and the patriarchal structures, you're, those are things you'll find in every relationship because we are all defined by the patriarchy right now. Yes. And, uh, I, you know, there's one thing I want, actually, it's funny. I was, I was just talking to someone else about, and I was mentioning this and he said, what is the patriarchy? And I said, God, mm-hmm. I'm so glad you asked that. So can you, <laughs> let's go back to basic. Mm-hmm. What is the patriarchy? <laughs> you know, that that's interesting before I answer it directly, answer it indirectly, but it, it will inform the conversation too. If you actually Google patriarchy, uh, I think the first definition that comes up is, um, oh, it's the boogeyman that um, feminists with overactive imaginations are blaming all their failures on. Oh my God, is that the first definition? Yeah, yeah, that's some kind of, an, well, it's it's not by an Oxford dictionary, but it's some kind of an urban, urban something. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I mean, painful, right? I mean, so painful, so painful. But that—that's patriarchy, okay? That is yeah. patriarchy. Right? That is that's patriarchy. patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Women have a feeling, and uh, it needs to be dismissed and undermined, yeah, exactly. and yeah, erased. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. And you know, I was talking to a man, and I said, and and we've talked about this too, is that the most important thing for me, I think, is to understand that the pa- patriarchy doesn't equal men. Yes. And when we say that we want to smash the patriarchy, it doesn't mean we want to smash men. Absolutely. It means that we want to smash the structures that bind us all. And that men have, and this is, you know, in relationships, I think the way that the patriarchy works in male relations, you know, in relationships with heterosexual relationships with men, right? Men are, the fact that men are, toxic masculinity is a, Mm -hmm. Uh, 
a symptom or a, a byproduct of the patriarchy. The fact that men are not allowed to have feelings, man up, uh, be a man, uh, you know, suit up and show up, right? All of these, all of these shutting down of our, our emotions, especially for men, that's patriarchy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to smash the patriarchy means to liberate men and women. And I particularly focus on smashing the inner prison. And I feel that once we liberate ourselves from that inner confinement, we actually get in touch with our authentic selves and authentic power. There is no getting in touch. There's all this conversation about what it means to be authentic, right? An authentic leader. I think it's important to have your authentic voice. Uh, We really can't have a fully authentic voice until we heal trauma because trauma blocks, it closes the door. It closes the door on what's painful. Yeah, we don't go there. But what's behind that door is our authentic power. Mm. So we truly are. So we need to heal. We need to integrate in all women and men. And then we can actually be in touch with the vision for the world that we all have. Then we can have healing conversations in our relationships and in places of work and with our own selves. What are my desires? A lot of clients who come to me and I ask them about their authentic desires, they can't really articulate them or they articulate them in a very patriarchy filtered uh, way Mm -hmm. through the filter of what they subconsciously think they deserve, which is nothing, (laughs) you know, it's not funny, but you know, of course, consciously we think that we are worthy, but subconsciously and that subconscious thinking is betrayed in our behavior and thoughts, but indirectly and through the body uh, subconsciously, yeah, um, this inherent worthlessness that comes with being a woman on the patriarchy yeah. is so deeply damaging. It damages our relationships, our health, our mental health, our financial health, yeah, you, you name it. Yes, absolutely. I want to go back a little bit. I'd love to hear your story about how you came to discover this, right? I think it's this thing that we all kind of feel, but you named it. So how did you come to recognize this internalized trauma that we all carry? Mm, thank you. It's a, it's a great question. And it's always um, like interesting to go back and look at for how, how long I've also been um, not aware of it, right? Uh, and I became aware of it strangely when I emerged on the other side in one area of my life, particularly, I, which relates to your work. I manifested uh, a very conscious partner who's done a lot of his own work in healing masculinity and reclaiming it from patriarchal conditioning, blah, 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 all that good stuff. But I had my list of non-negotiables and he met them all <laughs> and I manifested him without trying, without putting myself out there, without going on a single date. We connected, we were both following our passion, we connected and the rest is history. But when we started our relationship, I realized because it was so outside of what I was programmed or traumatized by patriarchy from what I was allowed to have. Yeah. It was so much deeper. It was so much, I mean, he was there to support me and and serve me and celebrate me while very much being his masculine. You know, he wasn't like a doormat. He would, and this this blew my mind. And what happened was, I started noticing my own defenses around it. Just sounds sounds strange. Why would I have defenses around pleasure and joy and love? And because I am, I'm a big geek. I geek out on these things. I wrote my dissertation on transformation. So I, I and uh, having practiced you know, mindfulness and yoga, I have this observer mind. And so I started looking at why the defenses, where they come from. And um, the download just came. I was inquiring and the download came about patriarchy stress disorder, about this trauma that locks us in a very narrow range of what's possible for us, dictated by our survival and the patriarchy. Because a woman cannot, is not allowed her full joy, is not allowed to be in touch with her desires 
Because nothing is more dangerous to the system than a woman who is in her power and in touch with her desires. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So and then I started looking at uh, the areas of my life that um, where I was still very much uh, locked in. Mm-hmm. And started doing deep healing work because like every area doesn't, they don't go hand in hand, but once you break out, out of one confinement, then it's easier. And I started looking at how it manifested in my financial life, how it manifested the PSD, how it manifested in my health and self-care. And um, the journey continues, but having tasted freedom and the sense of possibility which i call the game of how good can it get there is really no no going back and what i'm uh actively creating now is a sisterhood of jailbreakers so because i uh i i want more women on the outside than on the inside and that's how we really change the world Absolutely. You've talked about in some of your podcast episodes about the moment that you realized that you had trauma that wasn't necessarily your own, right? Because mm-hmm. historically, traditionally, uh, we think of trauma as something horrible happening to us that yes. leaves, uh, leaves a psychic scar. Yes. And what you're saying is, in your exploration, you realize that you've never had that kind of trauma, but yet you started to notice that you were actually displaying signs mm-hmm. of trauma, yeah, the symptoms of trauma. But if mm-hmm. you didn't have trauma, how could you actually have these symptoms of trauma? Mm-hmm. And then you sort of started to dig underneath that and, and started to look at where the trauma would have come from, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's when you started to put the pieces together that it was generational. And, we've, and, and you, you talk about the science, right? You talk about the, the, the science that's coming up now about, well, I'm going to let you talk about this. The science that's coming up now about generational trauma and th- that it being passed in our DNA. Yeah, that's fascinating. And um, in, in the science of epigenetics, um, that has shown us that we can change the destiny, change our destiny, change our expression of the DNA. We can change it in one generation and then we don't pass down this trauma to the next generation. It's completely fascinating. So when um, what inspires me in doing this work is of course my personal liberation and I want more women <laughs> um, in my, in, in my, on my side, <laughs> on the outside. I also that, uh, you know, I have a daughter. Yeah. I have a daughter and um, I am, um, I'm committed to breaking the cycle and whether or not you, you, you have a son or a daughter or you, you have nieces or nephews or you, you care about what's happening in the world today, you, you know we need new leadership. I, I feel this is such an essential um, link. So you asked me about trauma specifically. Yeah, with trauma, the way I learned about trauma, and I have two graduate degrees in uh, psychology-related fields, one from Columbia, uh, my master's in psychological counseling, and then I have a PhD. Um, and, <laughs> and in these programs, the way I learned about trauma was the way um, patriarchal books were written about trauma. <laughs> In that, remember all of these fields, psychology and uh, medical science, most of our established science, scientific establishments are created by white men. And so all these diagnostic manuals are written by white men through a very particular lens that disembodies and that lens, this primary split and again coming back to we're not blaming men here we're not blaming men this primary split that happened between the mind and the body right the feminine and the masculine where mind began to be um, celebrated and crowned and the body vilified and demonized Mm. and um, and so the the patriarchal um, sciences um, they filter everything from this um, 
what's also referred to as um, reductionist lens, where everything is reduced to just one frame of experience, which is mental. And uh, so it was taught to us that trauma is, um, you know, it's a life-threatening experience. That's it. Uh, And it was completely ignoring uh, the lived experiences of human beings uh, and how experiences just like um, experiencing emotional abuse as a child. And I know, you know, uh, clients you work with, we spoke about it on the interview, had a great conversation about emotional abuse and how to recognize it. There is so much of this trauma out there that's not labeled as trauma necessarily classically, but that alters our development, that alters, uh, it shatters our wholeness, it uh, fragments our authenticity because it creates all these adaptations of defenses. Now we need to be defending either by fight, flight, or freeze response, yeah? yeah. And then as adults, we emerge from it. And my my moment of aha moment was when I was having this, this I was just enraged. I was having this argument with my then husband I was just going on and on and on. And um, he wasn't even listening to me, which was why I was going on and on and on. Even more. And of course, that was supposed to work. And he was just looking at the books on my bookshelves. And then he turned around and he said, you know, I find this very curious that you have all these books on mindfulness, yoga, conscious relationships, and you just can't help yourself. And that was my moment of stopping dead in my tracks and asking myself, like, well, that that was right. I mean, I I couldn't, I really couldn't. And I knew that what what I was experiencing was being triggered into was a trauma response. And I started digging deeper, like how come my clients were having these transformations, but I wasn't because I wasn't using these tools on myself. And then... And then that uh, changed, and uh, I'm grateful. <laughs> yeah, and it's so fascinating to me because I because I, I also talk about this right that we listen to all the podcasts and we read all the books and we you know maybe sometimes go to therapy we go to like cognitive behavioral therapy and we do affirmations and we do all this stuff yeah and it's not working. And you had that same experience that you didn't have trauma. So you weren't treating yourself for trauma or you weren't putting yourself in any trauma therapy. You were just doing the affirmations and do going to yoga and reading the self-help books, right? And sort of taking it all in on a mental level. And the way that we heal trauma is physical. It is mm-hmm. through the body. It's not through analysis and understanding it's actually through the body can you talk more about that yeah yeah thank you for that um, i i have so much compassion for everyone on the, the path of healing themselves right now all of us human beings are on, on this path and it's so frustrating to be doing everything quote unquote right everything we're supposed to do quote unquote right mm-hmm. reading the self-help books um sometimes going to seminars maybe even you know as you said therapy and uh, and the practitioners are also out there doing their best under patriarchy that kind of creates this huge blind spot of what we are not talking about, right? This underlying trauma and how to treat it. Because trauma is not a new topic. Yeah, we understand there is trauma. But um, I'm so grateful to the pioneers in this work of integrating mind-body in um, treating trauma. And they, they were the first ones who started talking about it to the establishment mm. um and um that was mixed what uh, was met with mixed reviews but the proof is in the pudding because yeah. uh, people do re- recover by engaging in treatment using the whole body the nervous system because trauma lives 
in the whole body. It programs the nervous system for it primes it for this self-defense survival response. And we can say as many affirmations as we want. We don't override this response. And if we try to override this response, um, there is a backlash. I actually have had clients come to me after inducing panic attacks on themselves with affirmations. So check this out. This is, and this is really not talked about, although there there is research about it that shows that uh, affirmations may have um, paradoxical effect or the opposite effect. And specifically, some affirmations are triggering, such as if a person has experienced trauma, let's say sexual assault or some other traumatic event, and the affirmation has the word like safe in it and it's a trigger word for them because they remember they have this deep embodied memory of feeling very unsafe uh-huh. it triggers them and their, their nervous system goes into overdrive and and they just keep doing more of that affirmation and they keep going more into overdrive and then they start having panic attacks because what's a panic attack it's when the nervous system is in this overdrive so so it's a problem um, out there and I have so much compassion for people on this path and uh, so much love and uh, I, I've been a personal development junkie for, <laughs> for years and years. Well, and I love that you're not, you're not making anybody wrong. You're just pointing out if this isn't working for you, there might be a reason that's not because you're flawed. Yeah, thank you for bringing up this this super important point because especially as women, we are so programmed to think, oh, it's my fault. Absolutely. If this affirmation is not working or something is so terribly wrong with me, I'm so broken. No, trust your instincts. If it's working for you, great, because some affirmations totally work for some people. For others, they totally don't. So trust your own lived experience. Lived experience, this is a huge reclamation uh, it's yours and your inner wisdom knows exactly what you need i mean um it has gotten you far in life and um not to go off on a tangent but like all the experiences uh, all the decisions that i didn't regret were made from a place of inner wisdom and all the decisions that i later regretted were made from the logical and analytic <laughs> patriarchal yeah. standpoint right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I want to shift this a little bit to ask about, uh, to bring this sort of to my audience about the, now that we've sort of laid the groundwork for what this is and what it means and all of those things, right? What does this mean for relationships? Mm -hmm. How do we pull this apart and heal relationships or how do we know if what's happening in a relationship is a patriarchal response mm-hmm. or if it's really the problem of the relationship right what do we do mm-hmm. yeah this this rabbit hole runs deep to me the the kind of the opening line in understanding the health of your relationship is understanding how low the bar is set Mm. on the patriarchy for a good enough relationship what passes for a, a partnership is is it's just ridiculous you know so I, uh, it's it's really and again it's just it's the system that set it up this way that the expectations are so low for what a healthy partnership looks like Basically, if a man um, has a pulse and he comes home and occasionally brings bacon, you know, that that can totally pass for a relationship. And a a woman would, um, and how much a woman sacrifices of her own desires, of her own true needs out of fear of being alone and very deep-seated fear, because at least she's in a relationship, which patriarchy dictates if you're in a relationship, then you're more worthy then when you're single, when you're single, you're totally worthless. I mean, it's terrible, and we and don't think this way, right? And if and if you are single, then it's it, it's you know you're not manifesting hard enough, or <gasps> yes, you know, totally. or, right? It's like I mean, it just it goes on and on and on. All of them. totally, 
Yeah, you're to- totally something wrong with you. You're not manifesting right. I mean, it just uh, goes on and on and on. Trust me, I know I've been single long time. I've heard it all. <laughs> anything, anything patriarchy can use to blame a woman and uh, making a woman feel um, ashamed or guilty about existing is like shooting fish in a barrel. You know, it's just yeah. like, just like, yeah. and, and coming back to relationships. Um, I've seen amazing transformations of relationships when a, a woman would, it's usually a woman and you, you and I have had this conversation yeah. uh, on her success radio recently where, uh, you know, we both observed that it's usually a woman who comes first uh, to a, um, you know, to seek this um, help with a relationship. And, uh, the transformations that I've seen when a woman starts working through her own trauma and reclaiming her power, getting in touch with her desire, and then not being triggered by um, when her trauma is not being triggered in a relationship. And when a man also gets on the same page of understanding and healing his own trauma and not getting triggered then they can co-create amazing things together. There is this open space of unlimited possibility. Mm-hmm. And I, so I've seen amazing transformations from uh, being on the brink of a divorce and both considering an affair and both considering well, I'm not sexually attracted to him, her anymore, and we, we can't talk. And he, she is raging out and he is drinking and, uh, and, and this whole mess and he's not participating with parenting. And this, so... Um, really being so deeply mired in these problems to looking at, okay, how can we unwind from the trauma that makes us so triggered, reactive, raging or disconnecting? Because all of these are trauma responses, fight, flight, freeze, right? He's in flight with his drinking. She is in fight with her anger and, uh, or in uh, freeze and cold shoulder and, um, yeah. yeah, right. That's such a stonewalling, stonewalling. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. We'll talk later. Go out yeah. and the door. It's so painful and nobody wins, but with healing trauma, it's, it's suddenly we, we have two human beings in the relationship and not, and not two people in jail agonizing, trying to, you know, make it work. We can't, we can't make it work on the inside. We can't. We can rearrange chairs on the Titanic endlessly. It's still going down. That's that's my my humble opinion. <laughs> that, right. So, how do people, individuals, and or couples work with this? How do they know that they have this trauma? I mean, we're assuming. I, I guess we're asserting that everybody does, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I have a five step system which I've from over 20,000 hours of working with people guiding their journeys, even before I knew to guide my own. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, in these five steps, we're kind of in step one right now already, which is very cool. We were looking at the jail. It's really realizing that there is an inner jail cell, looking at how it's constructed out of this ancestral trauma, cultural trauma, individual trauma, these are the walls and looking at how it's affecting us in different areas of our lives, relationships, money, business, health, mental health, etc. And then the second step is uh, meeting your prison guards. <laughs> and this is a very cool um, a very cool encounter because uh, what are prison guards? They're our defenses. Our defenses, they're there to protect us and keep us safe, safely in prison, but they're trauma defenses. So they just don't want us getting re-traumatized again, and they don't want us going to our emotional wounds, right? Basically, they keep us out of touch with our power, Uh, and they manifest in the mind by the stories that we create and thoughts and, you know, that inner critic all that good stuff in the body they manifest through different health expressions hormonal imbalances uh, low energy difficulty sleeping and um, anxiety depression very very common 
distractibility. You talk a lot about the, which is the one that I, oh, yeah. So bad. yeah. And it's actually a trauma adaptation because the brain is uh, trained to, to, to scan uh, the environment for safety. So we're focusing on a lot of stimuli at the same time and get distracted. That's one, one aspect. Yeah, right. And yeah. then it manifests, the defenses manifest in, they manifest in action or inaction. So do we do something or not do something? And then we make friends with our, <laughs> with our uh, guards so that um, we create enough safety on the inside so that the guards are no longer triggered and no longer go after us. Because what harms us is not the trauma, it's the defenses. Yes. 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 It's the it's always the turning away from the pain, right? It's yeah. shutting, shutting it out. It's I don't want to deal with it. It's too painful, but it's it's really the manifestation, right, of going through. Of the only yeah. way to get to the other side is through. Exactly. Exactly. And instead, I estimate there's no scientific basis, but my observations of my own in the lab and uh, in my work that about 90% of our energy is invested in maintaining um, the guards, prison guards, wow. uh, defenses. Because, and we can just all run this experiment and look at our lives and how much of our energy is spent in multiple distractions, addictive behaviors, overeating, drinking, or over-exercising, over-shopping, or over-anything instead of doing something that you feel a true calling for, instead of practicing your, your, your magic, your work in the world, your, um, your pleasure, you know, what, whatever, there are so many different flavors of defenses and in relationships. Oh my gosh. Um, how many words and behaviors that show up are defenses instead of authentically showing up. And it's very hard to authentically show up with trauma inside, right? Because how do we show up defenseless? So that's why we create this safety in that third step and reclaim the power, the energy from the defenders. And then we can dig the tunnel. We can actually use mind, body, spirit tools and work through many layers of the slave cake of trauma, both individual and uh, collective and ancestral and then emerge on the other side. And on the outside, this is the final step, we learn um, the layer of the land of freedom. We learn to feel the full spectrum of emotion, to taste, to smell. It's literally like coming out of the, the dark prison cell and seeing the sunlight for the first time and experiencing. And this was the moment when I realized PSD existed when I came out. And I felt that there was this pleasure police policing my pleasure, how good it could get. Yeah. So this is an interesting thing that happens in this stage when we notice that there are some defenders around how, how happy, how joyful, how wealthy, how healthy, how fit, how fulfilled we can get. Because, you know. Well, you're, it's a complete disruption. It's a complete disruption. So in in so I'm glad you brought this up because on the inside the defenders are defending us from this this trauma, and on the outside the police is more like the cultural consciousness policing us that internalized. Like a woman only gets to do this, right? right? Right. Because once you break free of the once you break free of your own of the jail, as you call mm-hmm. it, once you break out of the jail and you're free. And you are li- now, as opposed to talking about living your best life, you're actually living it, right? Because <laughs> you're free of the trauma mm-hmm. or you've healed the trauma. You re- you've reprogrammed yourself. Yeah. You are now in complete uh, opposition and revolution against the systems of oppression that were designed and set up to keep you the way you were before. Yeah, it's like the Matrix, right? It's, yeah. It doesn't go away without a fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you know, I want to, I want to fight that fight. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I'm ready to fight that fight. But it's, uh, but I can, I can see where it would be really. Uh, that's where the, that's almost where the real challenge lies, right? Yeah, you're so wise to see it. That's why, especially at this stage, it's so important to have your sisterhood of jailbreakers around you because we're charting an uncharted territory. Mm. 
and there are no blueprints. There are no women out there living like this. Well, almost none. No, probably none we know personally, unless you know, unless we do. In which case, please um, send me a message so that I can meet them. But it's um, it takes sisterhood to of jailbreakers, not patriarchally conditioned like fake sisterhood which is a whole different story (laughs) but true sisterhood where we are we reflect each other's greatness to each other we hold up the mirror of greatness we uplift each other we show each other the glory that we see and um and and support each other in creating this whole new paradigm validate each other's journeys yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that about the sisterhood and the real sisterhood, because another thing that we talked about um, on your podcast, <laughs> we should just do it together, um, <laughs> that we talked about was this idea about women really being honest. And, and, and this is something that I, a message that I really want to bring to my audience too, which is that, you know, we often, we so often compare the insides of our marriages with the outsides of everyone else's marriages. And we think we're the only ones. And I, I, will yeah. tell you, I get hundreds of emails from women telling me the same story and they have so much shame and they think they're the only ones. And you know, I'm, I, when I put together a group program, women are like, yeah, I don't want to do that because my, my situation is really unique. And I, and I, you know, what I want to say is actually it's not. Yeah. So many of you are suffering. We are all suffering from the same thing. And when we project on the outside, because we all do it, right. We all want to, I did it. I doubled down when my marriage was ending when I was at the very end, I doubled down on the projection mm-hmm. of my happiness. Yeah. You know, this is why we're all so shocked when, you know, that couple falls because that couple has been the couple that's been projecting, yes. this, you know, perfect, beautiful, you know, together, unity, unified family, whatever it is. Right. And then when they fall, everyone's like, whoa, yeah. whoa, what just happened? And what does that mean about me? And all it means is that we're all fucking lying. Yeah. That's what it means. We're just all, li- and if we were all willing to tell the truth that marriage is hard, that, that relationships are hard. And, you know, I don't, I, it's not that I want to, it's not that we should all be suffering in our relationships. Oh, they're so hard. Mm-hmm. They're, they're work. And I don't buy into the bullshit of like, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be work. It should be easy. Like, give me a, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) So yes, it can be, there can be joy and there can be a free flow of energy and it can be wondrous and all of those things, but we have work to do to get there. Yeah. Right. And whether it's on our, and usually that's on ourselves, by the way. Um, (laughs) so So this idea of the authentic sisterhood, like if I could start a revolution of women telling the truth about their feelings, about their trauma, about their, you know, this is why, um, you know, on Facebook in particular and on Instagram and, and on my business page, but in particular, my personal page, I am unbelievably transparent and vulnerable about my own stuff because, and I, and I'm doing it, I do it more on my business and Instagram pages as well these days, because, Mm uh, I don't believe that women heal. Uh, I believe that women heal through hearing each other's stories, through relating to each other's stories. Um, and we don't get to have an authentic sisterhood if we're not willing to show up absolutely thank you so much for your for your message and i i think you've already started this revolution by showing up as a leader who is transparent and uh, it it takes so much courage and yes it is healing for for you and for other women in a big big way and culture shifting in a big way because it's also such a huge reclamation because patriarchy wants us to show up a certain way and be sugar and spice and everything nice and happily ever after and then you close the door and you have no idea what's happening so it's a part of the pattern 
Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's everything that we're shown um, in romantic comedies and in, you know, Nicholas Sparks movies and novels, <laughs> and all of it. Right. And, and then we get into our relationships and, you know, not only that, the, you know, the movies and the books and when the guy gets the girl. And then we don't have a whole lot of information about actually how to be in relationship, right? Well, yes, uh, for those who, who seek out that information, you know, it's out there. But I, I have a, also, of course, I, I, I see it through the, the lens, my newly <laughs> acquired lens of patriarchy, stress uh-huh. disorder. And I find that, you know, unless we also... There's a lot of good advice in terms of relationships, a lot of excellent advice, a lot of advice that applies, but also we need to address these cultural traumatic pieces because unless we don't, we'll continue to play an unwinnable game, unwinnable game where I see like women are, some advice out there would recommend like how a woman should basically manipulate a man oh, if she wants him to do something, right? I mean, you, you've probably seen plenty of that. Oh, yeah. They don't call it manipulation. They call it whatever, whatever else. But at the end of the day, that's, again, using, using the tools of patriarchy, a woman who has no power, the only power she can get is through manipulation of her man, which is so sad and not true. I mean, it doesn't have to be true. It doesn't have to be so because your man, I promise you, wants to show up for you. I promise you, he wants to be, to show up for you exactly how you need him to show up for you. But you need to be the leader. You need to show up for you first so that you're able to communicate your needs and desires to him. Be in touch with them first, not get triggered (laughs) and communicate. And if you are triggered, be able to also communicate about that <laughs> and yes. he needs to do his work so that he is not triggered by you being triggered and he's able to communicate about that. Yeah. I think some of the most valuable, <clears throat> the most, most valuable sentence I ever learned in couples therapy uh, was um, I'm triggered. I need to take a walk around the block. Mm, nice. <laughs> that nice. is to be able to recognize that you're triggered Mm -hmm. Uh, and to be able to verbalize that you need to separate from the situation so as not to escalate the situation is I think one of the most, one of the greatest gifts anyone can give a relationship. It is so empowering. And again, goes back to the, the, the idea that it's not you, you're not broken. It's not your character flaw that you're reacting. It's a trigger. And we can be clear, it's not you, it's this thing, and you can be in charge of it. And we all have them. We all have them. I feel like we could go on and on and on forever. For sure. Forever about all of this. So where? So first of all, where can women learn more about patriarchy stress disorder? And how can they begin to heal it? Thank you so much, Kate, for holding this space and opening these gateways So what I can offer is, uh, first of all, to learn more, uh, you can download a free audio training that Kate mentioned before. So we'll post a link Mm -hmm. to that in the notes. But if you're like, you know what, I've heard enough. I am ready to do something about this now. So there are a couple of options. And um, uh, I want to share with you that I'm writing a book, um, Patriarchy Stress Disorder, The Missing Link to Women's Ultimate Success and Happiness. And I'm actually specifically seeking um, women who have been successful in some ways playing the patriarchal game. And they recognize how PSD has been affecting them in this area of life or that health relationships, et cetera, and who are willing to share their stories. I won't be revealing names in the book unless you specifically request me that I share your story with your name. We can go either way. And just email me, Valerie at drvalerie.com, Valerie at D-R-V-A-L-E-R-I-E.com. Put PSD book in the subject line also. And... um, and I also want this conversation to be helpful to, to you. So I'll share with you your personalized jailbreak plan. And um, if you just want your jailbreak plan, you can email me and just say, 
Give me the goddamn plan. I'm ready. <laughs> I am ready. But really, email is uh, is the best is the best way, uh, and I feel it's very intimate. I, I will actually read your message. So um, let's connect this way. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Valerie. I so appreciate. I, I've I've felt for a long time that we're at a tipping point, and I feel mm. like this work is quite possibly the thing that's going to push us over the edge. And I'm, I'm so excited to spread it and to uh, promote it and get it out as far and wide. And also to do the work myself. I'm, I'm going to be in your inbox. By the awesome. way. <laughs> I, I look forward to welcoming you in, in my inbox with open arms and in this work, um, because doing the work that we do as leaders, we need, we, we're working way too hard. Uh, bumping up against defenses to visibility and success and um, money and etc. Right, we're working way too hard. Etc. 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 So let's just make it easier by uh, taking care of the jailbreak first. And thank you so much for your support of this work. Thank you for the work that you were doing, helping women at the probably one of the most heart wrenching agonizing moments in their lives i know because i've been there yeah yeah uh thank you so much thank you valerie thank you kate thanks for listening to the divorce survival guide podcast you can find me over at kateanthony.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast on itunes so you don't miss an episode see you next time